0: welcome welcome to our friends of the screaming hearts podcast welcome to the friends we are yet to meet through the screaming hearts podcast and a huge welcome to andrew today Thank you. andrew it's a pleasure to have you on so for those of you who don't know uh, andrew is part of the team he's a he's now a work-life architect Who's looking to guide and is guiding individuals to a better future on their terms? Heralding originally from the north. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Cut his teeth in the early days in financial services and then moved on into the management consultancy world, working for one of the big four, KPMG, yeah. for the best part of 14 years. Andrew, you've got a huge depth of experience. Uh, what a journey you've been on, and what an exciting future there is ahead. We're going to try and cover today um, how you made the decision to leave. I think there are lots of people out there uh, thinking about what their future looks like. Um, I think that'd be really interesting for them to hear your insights into that. The impact of being in and now being out on things like your health, your social life and family life. I think it'd be great to learn and hear a little bit more about the world you left and the emotions and the energy on leaving. I'd love to talk about your values as well, and I'm sure anybody who knows you um, would would be very, very keen to uh, to talk about. And you will, the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> so I think we should, <laughs> I oh, think yes. we should cover that off as well. Um, look, look, I think the best part to kick this off with Andrew is that that moment of the new boardroom. Uh, if you can cast your mind back, you sat in the kitchen. You sat with your partner and you're having this 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 sort of family wrestle, if you like, with the decision about what to do. I think there's lots of people, not just in the UK, around the world since, uh, you know, over the last 12 months where they're just re-evaluating what they're doing. And we believe a lot of this happens in the kitchen talk, we call it. I'd love you to, you know, give a bit of an insight to those who are watching and listening to to the podcast today around... That, that sort of process leading up while you were still employed to, to make a decision to leave and and potentially off the back of that what led you to that decision and then ultimately how you felt once that decision had been made so if you could touch on those that would be fantastic wow yes lost to cover <laughs> lost to cover
1: uh, well again thank you thank you Ben for that uh, lovely introduction i think i think that if i cast my mind back i think that i found myself wrestling internally with um with my purpose actually um and this was something that um some people may resonate with was something that i internalized for quite a long time actually um, and it was only when i started to open up to someone that i trust wholeheartedly i.e my partner um yep. and wife um uh, deb's uh that um i started to realize um that I had a choice. Um, and this is a really interesting um, dilemma that I think a lot of us face is, is do we have a choice? And, um, and, and do we have the ability to be able to see beyond the here and now? So, um, so as, as my, um, my thinking developed and my conversations in the boardroom stroke kitchen developed with Debs, Um, we started talking more purposefully. So we started talking about what life was all about. We started talking about the things um, that we wanted to do, that we uh, were missing perhaps, Um, and our feelings, my feelings, um, about whether or not I was feeling fulfilled, whether I was feeling um, a sense of accomplishment. Um, So this was very much about me um, and having a what we call in Zangility a, a heart-centric conversation was really what led me down the path of realising um, I had a choice. I had a choice. And the conversations in the kitchen um, were honest. They were truthful. Um, they they were meaningful. Um, and they were incredibly important. Difficult conversations to have at work. Difficult conversations to have at work. I... I um, I had some incredibly um, trusted relationships at work. Um, worked with some extraordinary people, um, but these were these were inner fears, um, which were quite difficult to share um, in any environment outside um, your real intimate, I would call relationships. So, um, and and for anyone who works in a in, in a um, uh, the corporate world or an organisation where um, the, there are fears, there's fears of failure, there's fears of perception, um, uh, th- there's fears of, of, of what other people might think of you if you were to um, open up about your vulnerabilities, then, then you tend to stay clear of that and you tend to put on a positive image um, and uh, a, an image of strength and of um, being able to absorb um did that come up when you
0: were having the conversations in the kitchen uh because I, 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 did you go straight to purpose or were you starting to talk about what you wanted out of work and the other question i had just then because you just touched on it was um what others might think was that one of the conversations that you probably had in the early days in the kitchen and then actually you were like hang on a minute <laughs> it shouldn't be about that it should be about something different
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, I think we we went through without actually planning it. We went through a process, (laughs) if you like, it was, it was an unplanned process, which was to actually, um, uh, look into and, and, and understand what were the drivers behind the way I felt. Um, and there was emotion in it. And I think that was really important because this was about feelings. Um so so I got emotional. deb has got emotional. We we talked about um why I was feeling the way I was and um and and the environment within which I was working. Um why I felt um I was unable to uh, perhaps express how I really felt. Um uh, w- was due to those perhaps those fears. Um we we get very conditioned to working in a certain way mm. um, and um, we are quite conditioned to comparing ourselves to others in the environment within which we work um, and that then breeds a fear that if you are not looking as if you're coping as well as the person next to you will that be seen to be um you know a sign of, of weakness or a sign of failure and 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 we all feel that at times in our jobs that's not unique to where i was yeah um, but you need a place where you can unravel all of that
0: yeah.
1: and the kitchen <laughs> boardroom with, with with a trusted partner was yeah. the place to do that and yeah. um, and, and, and and being able to um, to talk about it um, and and have someone who who can be your critical friend and challenge you and and um, you can look them in the eye and be truthful starts to bring you to a place where you realize um there's there's another way if you know how do i how do i bring myself to a better place you know and then you start to get deeper about what does happiness really mean you know what what is this all about what is and and then you start to link it back to so what's the purpose then so what's the purpose of my existence it starts to get a bit deep you know yeah, yeah. who am i serving and who's you know is am, am i actually um, in a position of 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 making those choices myself and navigating my life the way i want to
0: yeah you obviously felt um obviously strong enough to have those conversations in the first place but you obviously you just touched on fear then that played a part of you know if someone left an organisation was there a feeling that oh, it's a big mistake you know that they, they won't do as well on their own or won't do as well wherever they've headed off to and does that play a part in people's decision making?
1: Oh I think absolutely I think I think um, uh, if I cast my mind back to um, my previous employees so I worked for around about the same amount of time in financial services and I remember I, I had a period in my life where I um had the opportunity to um to take on a more senior role on a part-time but or a temporary basis while somebody was 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 not at work um and um and I did it really well and I was paid more money and um and and, uh, uh, and and I was I was seen to be really progressing but I didn't enjoy it and um and I remember when it came to the end of the period of of my secondment if you like um um, I was offered the role, and I said no. I'd like to go back to what I was doing before, and the ripple effect through the organisation was you just don't do that. <laughs> what? Um, so I think that you know, and 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 I I, I stood true to my feelings yeah. on that, um, yeah. and um, and it was important because it showed me that if you have the courage. To make the decisions for the right reasons, um, that will A make you feel better, um, and B make you realize that you can um, actually have the courage of your convictions and and, and really carve out your own path. Um, so so fast forward to, to um, where I was maybe 12, 18 months ago um those feelings returned because they always do because you're in those sorts of environments you you become a product of your environment sure um and so i ha- i had all of those feelings of you know it, will this be seen to be a failure um but i think that that ultimately you've got to be true to yourself and you've got to be authentic to yourself because if you're not authentic with yourself how can you be authentic with others and i found myself not feeling authentic with others um, and, um, uh, we talk about, and Paul talks about, I know, um, in Zangility about paying yourself a visit. Yes. Yeah. And without knowing Zangility, you know, all that time ago, I paid myself a visit and I started to ask myself, what's stopping me from dealing with the feelings that I have, the loss of purpose, the loss of direction, the loss of fulfillment. Um, and it was me. Um and Debs helped me in the kitchen boardroom realise that. Um and and start to think about, okay, so who's going to do something about that? And it was and, and it was that realisation that really was the, the, the start of the journey of um of liberating myself really from a bit of torment because I was and, I, and I, 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 was, I was kind of keeping that torment going because I was thinking, well, I need the job, I need the salary, I need to maintain what I've got. And um, when you say what I've got, status? Status, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You know, we, we, I work as, as many people do in, in environments where progression is seen to be upward.
0: Because um, you were heading up learning and development, is
1: that right? Uh, heading up performance management yeah. for, or performance development for yeah. the UK practice, which yeah. was about 17,000 people. Yeah. So, so um, yes, job titles in any organisation and, and status levels um, are seen to be success or failure to an extent. You, su- you succeed and you are seen to be succeeding by moving up. Um, so, so status anxiety definitely kicks in yeah. when, um, you're looking at, um, perhaps alternatives or different ways of, of, um, uh, of, 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 working or, or, or even repurposing what you do. Um, so, um, and when you couple that in the, in the role I did, which was to, how do we assess performance and, um. And, and, as in a lot of organizations, it's quite a competitive environment. Um, you then find yourself actually developing another fear, which is that fear of comparison. you know what if, what if that person's better than me and and and, and then what you you lose your identity because yep. you're not actually being the best you can be mm. you're being your your goal is to be better than the other person sure. And that, that can be quite, that can that can obviously bring up quite a lot of status anxiety and fear. But you decided to um, drop the clutch,
0: change gear and uh, made the decision to, to part ways. What does it feel like? What did it feel like at that point in time? What was inside
1: you? You know, just can you give people who are listening and watching a bit of a, a feeling? Um, a mixture of emotions actually, Um, but the overriding feeling was one of um, elation. Um, And that's no detriment to the organization I left. It was about finding a new freedom in me. Um, And that could have been from liberating myself from any organization, really. But but recognizing um, uh, that actually I was um, free to choose my path and my destiny and it sounds very grand but actually until you experience that you don't realize how cathartic it is so there was that overriding feeling of of freedom and elation but i wouldn't be telling the truth if i didn't say that i also saw it as quite a scary experience here i was exposing myself to to the world without a security blanket um, you know, of an organization of a paid position. Um and that and that that clearly was something that was at the back of my mind. But the overriding feeling was it's okay. It doesn't matter because I've paid myself a visit. Yeah. And I know that whatever I do next, it's going to be on my terms. I'm going to choose and I'm going to find the purpose that is going to mean that whatever I do gives me fulfillment it gives me a sense of accomplishment. I'm more content and that will lead to more happiness. And it will lead to, and we'll probably come on to talk about this balance. I'm a Libran, as are you, yes, Ben. Yes, um, yeah. and um And balancing my life is incredibly important. And I think if, going back to the original question, there was a huge imbalance in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, COVID last year probably compounded that um, because I was feeling trapped in my own home um, in um, a work life um, which was out of kilter.
0: Right, and I'm sure there are lots of people who are listening to this right now who may be in a similar situation to you found mm. yourself, but you, you you did decide to move on, and at, at some point after leaving, I think it was quite a little bit after leaving, um, your paths crossed with Zengility. Yep. What, what gave you the comfort um, when you started having conversations with the team at Zengility? What gave you the comfort there?
1: Initially, um, I was curious. I was curious um, to see what Zengility had to say um, and, um, and to see if we clicked. I call it, we clicked. Yep. Um, yep. Whether, whether, and and when, um, when I talked to Paul, and he explored with me um he took me on a journey <laughs> i think let's call it that and 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 it was um and even the, the the first call we had which was you know i didn't know paul he didn't know me it was it was done over video you know we didn't have the benefit of that like we have now um it was clear that he understood where i'd come from and potentially where i could go (laughs) and um and and i think that what was really important was there was and i talked about being authentic earlier there was an authenticity behind that and you know the message that we give our purpose is your purpose i absolutely felt because this is, was about feeling. Mm. It was feelings that had taken me to this point. It was a leap of faith and courage that took me beyond the corporate world. It was important now that the next step was going to be built on integrity, honesty, authenticity, trust. Um, and that is what Paul brought to the conversations. You know, we call them intelligent conversations. And, and through those conversations, I went on a, the, the first part of my journey was discovery. So discovering who I was, what I was all about, not did I, what job did I want? <laughs> what job title did I want? What level did I want to come in at? What salary did I want? It was about who are you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nobody's really asked me that question before. Um, and, and we built over a period of time um, an image of who I am. And who I want to be, and what the art of the possible was, and that was so exciting.
0: And and did the family give you feedback on you
1: pre and post? Oh, completely. I mean, going back to the the kitchen talk, um, Devs was worried about me. She was worried about me. You know, she could see. She could see I wasn't Andrew. Wow. And um, that was having a ripple effect on. Our relationship, on relationship with kids, um, on our time away from work, um, and um, you know my wider interests, um. So 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 really, um, the real Andrew had somehow been suppressed, and if you talk to her now, <laughs> she sees Andrew as in an authentic and true way hopefully that's a good thing i'm pretty sure it is yeah um but 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 that transformation and we call it transformation do, in in the Zangility process is is um, is completely evident and um not just not just my partner but but you know my kids um and those around me um who um have seen such a change and this is really important because um bec- because traditionally the model of working and it's very 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 um you know, prevalent in the in the the life of a consultant is you know the day rate right you, you work by the day yeah um and actually what is a day <laughs> so mission. so you might charge x um uh, pounds per day for right. a cl- for a consultant's time mm-hmm. but is that eight hours is that 15 hours
0: um And does the client have different expectations of what a day looks like as well?
1: Oh yes, okay. oh yeah, I would say so 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 um, so the client will want you there as long as they feel you should be there. I would turn that around and say, "Would you prefer to have me for half a day if you got the value you needed? Yeah, um, and I think that the world is shifting towards understanding that the days of the days of having days work are are actually you know um numbered <laughs> because I think that people are realizing that it's about value rather than time
0: and and uh i yeah this is really interesting <laughs> i'm finding this brilliant so so here's a question for you if if the organization so you're in, you're looking after the performance side of the business so you have your own metrics on how you measure performance within within yeah. your business but if i'm coming out of your business to help another business do you not end up as a an individual going into that business almost with like um uh two performance pieces to try and measure myself against like the business I work for but the business I've actually been consulted in to go and help is does that yes. ever come into conflict there at all? can
1: be there can be yes because um because you will have a particular engagement with a with a client yeah. um where there will be a set of expectations um and internally um there will be expectations of how you perform in your role yep. against the next person, so um oh, so to get those all to knit together really, really well and seamlessly and fairly is really tough mm. um and and depending on what sort of performance management models you use, you can find really good performers actually feeling um that they're that they're not being recognised for that for their achievements they may be delivering out of the client but when compared internally to others. Um, they're seen to be not as good and that can be, you know, psychologically and motivationally that can be quite damaging. So, so for me, um, anyone who's thinking about how do I change all of that dynamic? Because there'll be a lot of people I would imagine who, who work in the corporate world who will have felt that their absolute performance has been really good. So why am I, why am I actually lower down in the, in the pecking order with others, um, the, you know why am I not being valued for my value? <laughs> mm. Um, anyone who feels like that, well, you have a choice because actually, if you were to, if you were to actually deliver to that client, in absolute terms based on your own value, um, you would get the recognition directly. Yeah, um, and, so, yeah. and was
0: that part of your personal sort of uh, loss of purpose within what you were doing? Do you feel, or is
1: that? was that something separate yeah um i think um i think it certainly was o- over time um i think i think that i um i, I always said about myself and about others I, I part of my role particularly in people leadership was to help people be the best they could be um and 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 that same applied to me as well i wanted to be the best i could be um but sometimes you felt that wasn't good enough um but it is if if you are being the best you can be then it sure. is good enough um but being if you if you're in an environment where it's perceived not to be good enough um that's that's probably not a great place to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and and yes of course there, there there are always opportunities to learn and grow and develop and um you know we're always learning um but i think that um recognition of the value that you bring Um, whatever you do um, uh, is really, really important if you're going to flourish. Um, And sometimes, you know, it comes back to that whole looking in the mirror and paying yourself a visit, you know. Um, I always knew that um, the values and the principles on which I was operating were really important. Um, And as long as I was being true to me um, in terms of, of... my performance and the value, then, um, that should be good enough. Um, but in, but in, but in certain environments, it it can be hard. It can be hard to feel that way. And
0: you, you've, you've obviously seen, um, quite a change over the the years that you've, Mm. you've been in the corporate world Mm. in terms of the value chain for individuals, have we moved from sort of a more traditional, uh, value structure to something that's probably more spreadsheet based? Um, as time's moved on so if you think about your early days in financial services to the latter days in, in in the management consultancy world
1: yeah I think that there's um I mean we talk about you know the humanistic approach at yep. consultancy. I think I think that I think some of the humanistic feeling as has has, has has been eroded from the way in which um uh, performance and development have have um have evolved over time i think i think that um sometimes it does come down to putting people into spreadsheets and seeing where they drop out Mm. um and that can drive um you know uh, decisions around you know financial decisions usually because if you're popping something into a spreadsheet it's likely to drop out a number (laughs) somewhere along the line very true um so i think that um I I think that I worked in in, in environments where, th- there there were some really good people doing some really great stuff, but ultimately, ultimately, what did that mean when you translated it into numbers? And if the numbers didn't stack up, then, then there was a danger that you were going to erode, um, some of the great work that had been done around. Yeah around all of that good stuff in helping people be the best they could be. Sure. So, so there was a constant conflict, um, I think between, um, performance and under reward, if you right. like, um, yeah. which every organization has to struggle with. Yeah. Um, but actually I think the art is to, um, find a way of separating performance and reward, um, recognizing performance for what it is and the value that it brings. How you reward that is all dependent upon the success of your organization.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and whether your organization is doing really well and has a, a pot of cash like that, or it's not doing so well and has a pot of cash like that, shouldn't change the perception of how well somebody has performed, in my opinion.
0: I yeah, think. no, that's very true. But, it? It,
1: but but the dynamics in a lot of organizations are it does, Yeah. and therefore it demotivates and makes people feel less worthy.
0: Right. So there's almost a competition inside the Yeah.
1: In, yeah in and that's, the environment. That, that's right. Com- the, the competition is therefore to be at the top of the ladder. Yeah. Um, and that competition drives a lot of torment. Um because um there's two ways you can get to the top of the ladder. One is you actually are the best <laughs> based on a set of metrics. Or somehow you're seen to be better than others. Or um uh, you know you're the one who he who shouts or she who shouts loudest gets can mm. sometimes um, create an unfair playing field. Wow, wow. I'm really
0: interested because you've touched on it about your values, because um, you've sort of touched on a few of them and I think really, really early on, but it sounds like you've got some real sort of depth and earthy humanistic <laughs> values that are that are coming to the fore now that that maybe didn't have the opportunity to come to the fore before
1: yeah I, th- I think that um, gosh, when I look back over, over life so far i think I think work and life experiences have have, have um, helped to reinforce those principles I think I, you know I would hope to think that I grew up um, in an environment that um, taught me right and wrong to begin with yeah um, and that put me in good stead but I think then you become an adult and you have to make those choices um and i think over time those experiences have have taught me that some of those basic earthy um values uh, are what underpin ultimately your happiness so trust integrity um honesty um reliability um, so, you know, if you, if you'll say you'll do something, yeah. you'll do it, yeah. you know, Debs might challenge that a little bit about some of the projects at home, <laughs> but, um, but, but, but ultimately, you know, those, those for me are, um, perennial, they're, they're, they're sustainable. They're yeah. things that ultimately, if you've got those to fall back on, you've got a pretty solid base. Um, and I, and I'll admit over my working life, they've been challenged. Um, over the 30 years that I spent in financial services, professional services, at times they've, they've, they've been conflicted. And I think they've probably been the moments where I've made life decisions, actually. Um, and I've probably made, um, I was talking to Paul in the car yesterday, probably made four or five, maybe six critical life decisions so far. And I think each of those have been triggered by... Um, a conflict to those values actually, if I think about it. Wow,
0: Mm. so you've, would it be fair to say you've almost got a whole new relationship with yourself?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think I I, even I'd forgotten who I was, Right. actually. And I had to, it was almost like a blind date, you know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) With yourself. (laughs) (laughs) With myself, I was, what a scary thought. Um, But actually it was, it was about rediscovering myself. Um, And anyone listening, Um, take a moment to think about how well how how you're actually allowing yourself to be yourself yeah and and that's 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 a really key point
0: actually because I can imagine uh, now you've explained it in the environment that you were in when you're full-on to the degree that you are it must be really hard to step away and make a, a a decision because there's so much going
1: on in Oh, hugely, hugely. I mean, if um, and, and th- this will not be uncommon, but when you're getting up and literally going to work as soon as you can and maintaining that momentum through the day and into the evening, um, it, 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 you don't have time to think clearly. And one of the things that I absolutely felt and, and would recommend is that you create space to declutter your mind. I What I started to worry about, and this is, this is absolutely the case, is that I was thinking that I, there was something wrong with me because I couldn't remember everything. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, wow, is that my age? I, my, my head was so full that it that, that got to a point where stuff just wasn't going in because there wasn't any room. And when I made the leap out um, uh, to freedom in a way, um, the first thing I did, and it took weeks, was declutter my head mm. and had the space to think clearly. And we talk about agility, a calm environment. Yeah. That gave me a calm environment to be able to just declutter. You know, Dev says every spring, you know, get into that loft and declutter the loft. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we all do it, but actually just do that with your own mind because. It's really hard to make, and these are important decisions, right? These are really important decisions. You can't make them on the fly. You can't make them in a reactive way. Mm-hmm. You need to create an environment within which you can think clearly.
0: And how exciting now is it? Now oh. you've now you've made that leap that you, you, you're going to be able to help other people on this on the, on their journey, and you get to, you get to share that with them in a way which. It yeah. feels like a massive privilege just just in
1: itself. But it, it, oh god, Ben, which word do I use? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's it's an incredible feeling. It's um, to, to 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 find your purpose and be able to um, to deliver that day in day out um, is 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 something that I would recommend to everyone <laughs> because it doesn't feel like work it doesn't feel like work. So, so the word work, I don't really need to use it anymore. That sounds, I know that sounds very idealistic, but why is it idealistic if that's the way I feel? Um, so yeah, I I think that for me is, is, is the, 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 if I can say to someone, you know, if you, if you spend time in a calm environment with us, it won't feel like work. That's incredible.
0: And you we talked on the on the journey over just about some of the small things and you touched uh, you touched on on breakfast.
1: Oh, well, um, one of the things that and this may sound um, strange to some people, but one of the little things that Debs and I love now is having breakfast together. Something that wasn't afforded beforehand. No, and I didn't allow that to happen. I'm not saying that the company I worked for stopped me from having breakfast. It wasn't about that. I stopped myself from mm. having breakfast with my wife um, because I deprioritized what was important in my life. Um, and now it's fantastic. We, we have um, quality time eating our breakfast and talking about the day ahead. Wow. And um, it's a little thing, but it's not a little thing um, when you um, experience it. And I've said that and I feel a little bit emotional about that because I, I think that there'll be a lot of people who see this who will have things, those little things, and we treat them as little things. That's why we dismiss them. Oh, it's only breakfast. Oh, it's only... And, and actually, when you accumulate a lot of little things, they become one big thing. And, um, and it's, important, it's important if you feel that way to start to think clearly about what it is that you're trading off in your life in your work life. Mm,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Have to touch on this because anyone who's watching or listening to this and knows Andrew, the artist formerly known as Prince <laughs> Close to your heart.
1: Goodness me. Well, it's interesting because um, I didn't know the guy. <laughs> so I'll just say that now. Um but but um I grew up. We all I, music is a is a huge passion of yeah. mine. Yeah. Um and um and he was my um sort of inspiration um through my late teens and well through the 80s through the 90s uh, and beyond um and um because uh, and and i think looking at it now um uh his creativity his innovation his his decision to do things on his terms
0: um because there's a purposeful story almost hugely purposeful
1: story because and he changed the music industry Mm. um because he was prepared to stand up for what he believed in and he was prepared to stand up for who he was um and his purpose never wavered through that whole period some people thought he was odd um some people thought he was crazy but actually he he lived life on his terms and um and he created some of the most inspirational and um and life-changing lyrics and music um and um y- you know for me i think that uh, his artistry you know he not 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 um surprising you know he used the word artist when he changed his name the, the the artist he was an artist um and i think we're all artists actually um and but 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 we 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 suppress our creativity and he was somebody who didn't he didn't suppress his creativity mm. actually when he needed to, he withdrew his creativity, <laughs> right. yeah. um, to, 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 to on principle. So you talk about your values and your yeah. principles Yeah. Um, and he inspired many, many other people yeah. to make sure that if they were going to, um, follow a, a path in the music industry, that they did it on their terms. And I, I think that's something to be lauded, but yes, I was privileged enough to see him uh, a few times and, um, Yes and it's is is my vinyl collection um the thickest part of my vinyl collection <laughs> is 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 every album <laughs>
0: fantastic well Andrew, i think we've got a huge amount uh, from from talking to you i mean everything from the the sort of world of management consultancy and performance the insights around there are Uh, we could probably do another we could probably do a whole series to be honest with you Andrew uh, I think for anyone who's uh, been watching and listening thank you very much Andrew honestly it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you I've learned loads I think you've got a lot to give and I think you're absolutely right I think there's an artist inside everybody and uh, we look forward to you sitting back in this chair uh, ever so soon so thank you again thanks Ben cheers